Hey there, Prediction EAM listeners. It's Sean here with our first sponsorship. If you're looking to get an edge in your game, then W Jitterless Energy Drink Mix may just be the thing you need. Use the code PREDICTIONEAM. That's P-E-R-D-I-T-I-O-N-E-A-M for 10% off at W.GG. That's www.dubby.gg. And now let's get on with the show. That should hopefully help us pay our voice actors. This is a preface. Due to technical and life-oriented difficulties, Perdition EAM will be switching to a once-monthly schedule. Thank you for listening. Episode 1. Part 1. Mountainside. Welcome to Perdition EAM in the PM. I am your new host, Eileen, sitting here in this dusty station and getting the new job jitters, you know? That rush of anticipation when you start a new job. Will your first day go well? Will you mess it up? Or will you not find the station keys for half an hour like I just did? Well, let's open... Oh, well, that was fast. <laughs> Line two, you're on. How the hell am I supposed to reach this? Damn overhead switches. Hey, Raven, it's Lost in Derringer. We're by Ross Lake. Can we come check it out? The station, I mean. Just about to get to that, but yeah. Can we swing by? Cause that place is supposed to be stupidly haunted. Hell, the last three daytime hosts have told stories about times they've had to stay late and all the spooky shit they've seen. Yeah, like one went into the kitchen he saw two people from before light sitting out at the table. They were talking to each other, but no matter what he did, they would not react to him. The station Mike even picked up on the entire conversation. Another time, the host before Dylan kept losing his show transcripts, and one day, he finally found out why. A hand came up from the tape deck, crumpled up the papers, and threw them in the wastebasket. And lately, the station's been playing old emergency broadcasts from just after the lights, like old disappearance reports, the lockdown areas, and even a few of the military's reports. Great. <laughs> Great. Thanks for telling me while I'm alone, 7,350 feet above sea level, 20 miles from town. <laughs> you dicks. Well, we can get there one of two ways, over Jack Mountain or around it. Around's a little more r- risky, but over is faster. It's up to you, Eileen. Which would you prefer? Considering this place is spookier than hell itself... I'd prefer y'all come here a little bit faster. Gotcha. Well, folks, it looks like we'll be having company soon. (laughs) Uh, what's next? (laughs) How about I open the lines to some other folks who want to talk about their first day of work they ever had? So, as always, the station phone number is 202 401-1911 and we'll be taking three callers while we wait. Hello, you're live on- oh. <laughs> Nope. Next caller. God damn it, I said next caller. 
Yep. Hello, caller. You're live with Perdition EAM. Who am I talking to and what's your story? My name's Bill. You may know me as the barkeep of the tavern in town. And back in the 1970s, I got my first job at 14 as a roofer. Putting the tin roofs on the town's roofs as the town sprung up around us. Broke my left arm on the first day and my tailbone the week after. Got a good whooping for that one. Wow, that's unfortunate. Honey, when I was a kid, we were unfortunate. That's all there was to it. Especially where we were in the area. Ended up having to eat out of Oakland and Sarah. Thank you for the story, Bill. We'll be seeing you later once the show's done and Dylan comes up from the mountain to take over the day shift. Now it's time for the next caller. Hey, Raven. Long time no talk since you've been dodging our calls and all. Hi, Sabrina. So, are you coming to the cousin meetup this week? <laughs> no, I told you and your mother Catherine 16 times now. I'm done with that shit. I know, but we're going to Mount Olympia and it's supposed to be so beautiful. Once it turned out to be real after the lights, I haven't looked back. Bye, Sabrina. Please don't call back. All right, one more caller and they should be here. <laughs> Raven, it's Derringer. Loss and I are coming in, so don't shoot. Are you good? Any psychological, physical harm? Anything? <laughs> no. Just scared. <laughs> Alright, let me just take us off the air. Do you ever get the feeling that you're being watched? That prickling sensation on the back of your neck? The sense that eyes are born into your every move? Well, you're not alone. In fact, we believe that feeling of being watched is something to be celebrated, not feared. And that's why we're introducing our new product, the Watched Feeling. Imagine never feeling alone again. With the Watched Feeling, you'll always have the sense that someone is nearby and watching over you, protecting you. It's like having a guardian angel, but without all the fuss and feathers. Our expert team has spent years perfecting the formula for the watched feeling using the latest research in psychology and neuroscience. We've created a product that will give you all the benefits of being watched, increased focus, heightened awareness, and a sense of safety without any of the drawbacks. And the best part, you don't even have to leave your house to experience the watched feeling. Simply close your eyes, take a deep breath, and let the sensation wash over you. It's like a warm hug from a friend, a reminder that you're never truly alone. So why not try the watched feeling today? Whether you're looking for a boost of confidence, a sense of security, or just a comforting presence, we've got you covered. It's the ultimate accessory for the modern age and it's available now for a limited time only. Don't miss out on a chance to experience the power of the watched feeling, now available at the gas station. Episode 1, Part 2. 
mountainside. Hey guys, I'm going live. Oh, we'll do the interviews. Well, hello and welcome to Perdition EAM and PM, live from the tavern in Perdition Township. We're here with Dean and Chris today, and we'll be doing some interviews with them. And if you come down to the tavern, who knows? Maybe we'll even be able to get our barkeep to talk. <laughs> Speaking of the tavern's owner, I was listening back on one of our episodes and noticed that the confabulator on the line recorders was messed up and jangling all the callers' voices. Anyway, so who's first? I'll go first. He lets Chris finish his food anyways. <laughs> so what do you know, Eileen? <clears throat> uh... Let's start with most exciting job. Let's lead with that. <laughs> so it's going to be this story again. Well, all right. My first job in the Seattle hazard zone had to be the most exciting and probably my most dangerous, too. You know what it's like. Well, yeah, but some listeners might not. Ah, uh, well, that's true. So the Seattle hazard zone is also called the tidal zone, as depending on the phase of the moon. The city floods from anywhere from an inch of seawater to over 400 feet of it. Barnacles, sand, and other sea debris cover probably about 20% of the old streets and some of the building tops that get submerged. Algae make most non-sandy surfaces dangerous, especially near the tidal pools. God, looking to one of those is like experiencing one of Lovecraft's finer works. Tentacles and teeth and claws and pinchers and the buildings with windows still intact, actually the aquariums, few shut with barnacles, holding the more feral aquatic anomalies, unable to predict their predicaments. The ones too large to move move fast enough with the receding tides, tend to pose risks to us on the streets or worse, the rooftops. You don't know how till you see some of those sea crows taking apart a megalodon while it's still active and struggling its way back to the shore. Or a kraken fossilizing in the sun, blocking the entire 100 feet junction of Broadway and Roy with just its body. But the sea hags have to be the worst part. They look human, sound human, and for, for the most part are human until they get wet. Then they're all tentacle warped, molded skin and eyes. Hell, the people at the next table could see a sea hag unless they get sprayed by water or rain on you. Never know. All right, all right. The job now. Uh, yeah, that place is... It's really bad. So we were on a simple bag and tag for the military's research division. We were airdropped onto a building on the old Seattle University campus nearing a new moon tide. A night mission in Seattle is one of the most high-paying jobs there is. Unluckily for me, I needed to get my wisdom teeth out, and that's a costly procedure for the meds. So the bag and tag was for the stupidest thing, a fur trout. Someone's fucking dinner. <laughs> so, once the tide fully receded in, we headed out north and passed, passed all the things I listed earlier and bagged quiet a few before shit hit the fan. One of the hags had infiltrated our group and used her magic to mask her presence. And one by one, she picked us off. First was Joey, call sign was Airbro. All I remember was, I think it was a gummy candy brand. He was our tank. Either way, we got to what was supposed to be our evac site and had no breacher. Then we noticed our stinger, 
Saggy was gone. She had boasted all trip that she was skilled with explosives and kept a few pipe bombs on her. Finally, our specialist Spiral said she'd breach for us. The hag had the gall to use their equipment in front of us. We were too fucked to see it. Well, it turns out the military's useless kind of thing when we got back. Sprayed us with holy water to check. The bitch started howling as her skin sloughs off and her bones begin to break. That was the most exciting part, because thanks to that, I can now breathe underwater for like two minutes after inhaling her grossness. Uh, alright then. Uh, old favorite drink? Shirley Temple had vodka on the rocks. Favorite anomaly? I'm pretty partial to the gummy bears. Gummy bears? Yeah, they're a bear except entirely made of gummy. Take one down, you have sweet syrup for a month. There are a ton of flavors too. Strawberry, apple, peach, hell, even dragon fruit. Supposedly, they came down from some factory in Salem. Is that the gummy squares you give me on hikes? Yeah. <gasps> you motherfucker! Sworn, I told you. Well, you didn't fuck your limelights over. Oh no, my five minutes of fame. <sighs> Alright, Chris, your turn. Favorite food? Turkey. Favorite drink? Whiskey and sugarcane cola from the gas station. Favorite anomaly? It'd be the gas station. Can you explain the gas station for those who are unaware? Sure. <clears throat> the Moose View gas station is a medium-sized gas station with two unlabeled bathrooms inside. The gas station is always well-stocked except on gasoline, diesel, and biodiesel, which the military buys at opening every day except Monday when we cannot buy it. We being wayfinders and civilians. The worker seems to be deaf or simply ignores us. Besides, when we point to something or bring it to him, and then he'll scan it. The freezing machine works, and is a great treat if you have the cash. Cash? He doesn't take the military maples? Nope. He requires old world cash, or soda tabs, or those screw-on plastic soda caps. Odd. Indeed, but that's not all. The soda machine tends to fend a drink that you need rather than want, so it tends to be fruit juice or vegetable juice if you're missing vitamins. The products have uh, their expiration dates blacked out with what is probably a black sharpie that the associate keeps in his breast pocket. They also have a new section that seems to keep up to date with uh, snacks that would have released if the world didn't end. Uh, like a few years ago they had uh, warm bottles of Crystal Pepsi. What else? They also have a cat who hides in the cream cooler of the coffee counter and has a sign on them that says, I am Hambo, do not mind me. Oh yeah, Hambo. <laughs> All right, what else? I could tell my most stressful trip in the hazard zone. Sure. So this was one of my exam trips to become a wayfinder and determine my ranking. I was sent into the hazard zone to the north near the border. We called it the quiet zone, I believe. As it had this weird effect on sound, uh, so, like, quiet sounds were loud, loud sounds were quiet. And the most staggering thing was going from a loud, insect-filled summer afternoon to a quiet one, where all we could hear was the gentle rustling of grass as we walked. This trip was intended to gauge my investigative and problem-solving skills, as they had a broken radio tower that needed to be fixed. The trip was fine until I was 145 feet up the radio tower, without a good harness on and had to deal with the moss-covered tower itself. The escort was assisting in my ascent until I had suddenly felt the tower rock and her shout. I looked down to only see flame and an earthquake. Turns out it had made the station its home. 
The only reason I wasn't baked like a ham is because they couldn't bend their necks due to all the armor plating they have. So I don't even think it knew I was up there. Well now I'm up shit creek without a paddle. So what to do again? Get the job done and wait for a chance to escape. So I get the job done and use my technical skills to patch a phone directly into the line to try and get into contact with the military. Unfortunately, they either didn't care or they didn't get it because I ended up staying awake all night in that tower, freezing my ass off until the thing fucked off to go find food. So you said scariest, but not the most dangerous. Well, let's talk about that. No. Oh, come on, Chris. You never tell this one. Because I don't like it. Please. No. Fine. Let's open the lines and see if we have any callers. Hello, caller. You are on line one. Who is this? Whoops. Hand slipped. Dean? Yeah, hand slipped. And you just so happened to yank the cord in the mobile station. Now, is it still on? Oh, fuck it. EAM is a monthly audio drama where a nighttime radio host and her friends investigate some of tradition's more mundane mysteries and uncover that despite living in a supernatural post-apocalypse, there are still things going bump in the night. Tradition EAM is written and produced by Sean Mortimer. It stars the voice talents of Carly Conway, FAC, Common Cipher, and Callisto. Thank you for listening.